Satra, Amistrobin, Azarta. A day Satir Give me the power I beg of you! Awake! You are all going to die tonight. I'm drawing a line in the <coughs> sand here. Do not read the Latin. Read it. Hi, and welcome to Don't Read the Latin with your hosts, Jennifer Lovely <laughs> and, and me, Rias <laughs> Hall. Tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about horror movies for children. <laughs> so, what have you seen recently? Oh, I wrote it all down. I have pages of notes. <laughs> But I haven't watched that much. I just took a lot of notes on them. Yeah. So let's see. What have I watched? Hmm. Yeah. What have you watched? Well, together we watched The Enfeld Haunting, which was a BBC production. It was very much a BBC production. So very <laughs> British. But it was really, really good. Oh, and I loved it's, it's, it. It was exactly the same story as, as uh, The Conjuring 2, um, excepting, you know, f- the warrants. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, infield haunting was an actual event. Possibly not a real event, depends on your point of view. But there was an infield haunting that was heavily documented by the uh, Society for Psychical Research. And the Warrens did show up briefly, apparently, at one of the investigations. Yeah. Yeah. But they were not instrumental in it whatsoever. <laughs> it was very much a Society for Psychical Investigations thing that the Warrens shoehorned their way into and wrote a book about because... Because that's what they do. They do like the money. Yes. Uh, but it was... Oh, and it was so funny because we, we hit play, and I, I, I guess I hadn't, I hadn't heard anything about it. And so, you know, we hit play, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, these... These opening credits are amazing. <laughs> they are beautifully done. Yeah. yeah. And and right there, it just set the tone for the entire story. It was just well handled, well wrote, and well acted. And yeah. I just really enjoyed and there, you're I gonna spot, it. Too. Yeah, you're going to spot a lot of really good uh, English character actors. Yes. In there. It stars uh, Timothy Spall, and he is perfect for the role. Yeah. He's an older psychic investigator who has lost a daughter. Who has the same first name and was this and is similar to the girl that the poltergeist is bothering. So whereas with like a normal American horror film, they'd kind of gloss over that. That's kind of the heart of this story. Yeah. And yeah. Spall is such a great actor that you just feel for him the whole time for exactly. what he's going through with processing his own grief. So I really liked that. I have watched. What else did I watch? I have been watching, well, I started watching a show called Wolf Blood on Hulu. Oh, yes. You told me about that. Which I really liked. It's about some maybe junior high age kids who are, who one of them's a girl and her family are werewolves. And she meets this other boy who's a new boy in school who's very troubled and finds out that he is also a shapeshifter. And, of course, she's in the photography club at her school, and she has a friend who's investigating this weird cryptid phenomenon, which is, of course, her family. 
And it's really nice. And I was like, oh, this is probably in the horror section of my video store. And then I looked and it was like in the children's section. And I was like, <laughs> oh man, I watched a little kid show. But it's really, it's British. It's really well, good. But there we go for in theme. And it, it's, it's perfect for the theme. I think kids would like it. It's not, it's not bloody or over the top. And it's not I've only seen the first episode. Yeah. But judging from the first episode, it's not like super romantic or sexy like the American version of Teen Wolf. It's just a good solid kids show and I, I like that about it. Yeah. Um, I've also watched um Hell House L L C which you told me was good and I hated it. Oh no <laughs> Hated it, hated it, hated it. It didn't ever come together for me. I'm like, Aww. okay, so they had a haunted house, and they had a tour, and then it got scary, and then some people died, and apparently that was just because they had a haunted house tour and an actual haunted house. See, I didn't, it I... didn't come together for me. I'm Aww, like, you, I, they never really explained what happened or why it all went bad, Yeah. and I wanted more of that. I wanted a stronger binding element. I love, um... Things where you have to watch carefully because something will be just a little out of place or you'll catch a flash of something. Those, like, jump scare lights. Yeah, and yeah. Then, and then, um, the, uh, did I see what I saw? And, yeah. And, 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 it had a lot of that, but it never explained why they were seeing it, and I just, I didn't get into it. I just didn't Aww. like it. Well. Um, I also, one night at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, started watching the Full Metal Alchemist live action movie. Huh. Now, I've never watched Full Metal Alchemist. I'm not like, I like some anime, but I'm not like deeply, it's not my fandom. And I know that a lot of people complained about the movie because it wasn't a great representation of the anime. But I've never seen the anime, so I was completely cleared of all that, and I loved it. Fantastic. It was dumb and fun. It had some <laughs> great fight scenes. It had some scary monsters. It had that one part where this is a thing that anime does so well. Um, they do it a lot in Black Butler, which is my favorite anime, is where the story is progressing and you're like, oh, this is kind of a kid's story. And then all of a sudden it's something not. horrible happens and you're like, oh, that entire idea is abhorrent and horrible. And it takes, it blindsides you. Favorite thing ever. I love when that <laughs> happens. And it does happen during that movie at one point. Um, other than that, it was mostly documentaries. I have been hitting the documentaries pretty hard lately. Well, let's let's journey into Rias's documentary, documentary corner. Rias's documentary, documentary corner. Okay. Uh first most recent thing I watched was something called Voyeur. It was about well, ostensibly there was this guy in the 50s who bought a hotel. And yes. his hobby was voyeurism. And so he made little peepholes into every room in the hotel. And every night he would just go up in the attic and look into each of the rooms and watch what was happening. Ooh. And he acted like he was making a study. He has like file copious cabinets notes. full of copious notes. And it was just really, really strange. But the documentary is also about... Okay, so after he sold the hotel and he never got caught or anything, he wrote to Gay Talese, who is, a, who is an author... And said, I think you would be interested in what I have to tell you. He started telling him these stories. And oh, I guess he still had the hotel because Gay Talese ended up going to the hotel with him and participating in the voyeurism and then wrote a book about it. Huh. And the book, the documentary is about the relationship between the author and the, and the voyeur. 
Hmm. And it's really kind of fascinating. It's just, you're like, who's the voyeur here? Yes. And it, I, I liked I just, it a lot. It, it raised a lot of questions. Um, I'm just, I'm so... There's so many interviews with the creepy guy that owned the hotel, just talking about it like it's matter of fact, nothing. And his wife but is like, so oh yeah, sometimes he'd be up there so long, I'd have to take his dinner up. And I'm like, really? <laughs> well, I mean, if you're invested in really watching everything they do, you can't go. <laughs> yeah, but it was just so weird. And it wasn't just him watching people have the sex. It was was preserving their lives, and it was just so weird that he, yeah. I mean, I I understand in a sense because I love people watching. Yeah. And and the idea that you could Mm -hmm. invest so much more thoroughly by when, you know, people watching. Yeah, and he never, the people never found out. He never hurt anyone. It's kind of a victimless crime, but it's still so skeezy that mm-hmm. it just makes your skin crawl. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff like that that that's what fascinated me about it, was that this guy was so obsessed with voyeurism that he just did this all the time. And, yeah. So I really liked that documentary. I also watched uh, Manolo, The Boy Who Made Shoes for Lizards. Oh, my goodness. I've, I've almost watched that a couple of times because I, I, I find the... The it's, air about Manola Blahnik, like, yeah. amazing. Like, how just mesmerized people are by him. And I, I will admit that one of the reasons I wanted to do it, to watch it, was because I was fascinated by the fact that he used to make shoes for lizards. Well, that is kind of amazing. Apparently, when he was a kid, and they lived in, they lived in the tropics, and he would capture lizards and wrap little gum wrappers around their feet and turn them loose with little tinfoil lizard shoes. <laughs> And that is adorable and charming. <laughs> and he himself is an adorable and charming person. Yeah. So it's a really fun documentary. And also, I have feet like a peasant. I could never wear any of these beautiful shoes that he makes, but I appreciate them as art objects. I actually um, uh, had a pair of them that my mom... My mom lives in a really affluent area. Mm-hmm. Um in Minnesota, like right on the border of um, uh, Wisconsin, and somebody had a pair for sale at their garage sale, and my mom's like, "Oh, those are pretty," and she bought them for me. And unfortunately, because I used to be able to wear just stilettos, I, I would routinely yeah. wear three to four inch heels like all the time. I, I could be action Jen in those heels because I just. And then you are a monster. <laughs> and then I. Um, well, it, it started with me getting hit by a car. Yeah, which you got messed run up. over pretty <laughs> badly, as I recall. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that messed up my knees and hips. And I kind of fought my way back into heels after that. And then I had my daughter. And my body was like, this is this is just not going to happen yeah, anymore. No Jen. more of that. <laughs> and I tried to get into, like, slightly high heels. And my body was like, no. I, I, I said no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is... This is it. Your heel days are over. <laughs> you Sensible <clears throat> shoes for you. <laughs> Things have been reconfigured. Exactly. Not in the most dramatic manner, but enough that you're not wearing these anymore. Well, speaking of um, uh, <laughs> having something in you that kind of terraforms you to mm-hmm. their specifications, I went to see Annihilation. Uh, oh, is that what weekend. that's about? I have no kind idea what that's of, about. I 
you know, I, I jokingly use um, terraforming people because there was a TV show that only ran a season that I absolutely loved called Threshold. And they basically, um, there's this signal that's received here on Earth. And basically everyone who's exposed to the signal starts, and they use the phrase terraform people into the aliens. Because they're saying okay, yeah. instead of the aliens coming here, they basically turn us into them. Oh. And that is their way of taking over. Well, that saves a lot on travel. Yeah. You don't so... have to pack any luggage. <laughs> you just, yeah, you go yeah. send send your little signal off and there you go. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's the director that did Ex Machina. Um, and uh, for the life of me, I can't remember their name right now. And I could before. Yeah, anyway, I but I really either. liked Ex Machina. And I really enjoyed Annihilation. Um, it had Oscar Isaac and Natalie Portman. And uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, and um, I've heard that it is very much a female-driven movie. It is very much so. The entire crew that they send in is female, and they've sent in a bunch of other more military-based uh, groups. In one of them being um, Oscar Isaac, who is Jennifer uh, Natalie Portman's husband, and no one but him returns. And he basically just kind of shows up on her doorstep and is different. Uh, and then says, oh, I don't feel really well and starts and just collapse, collapses. And then while they're rushing him to the hospital, like all of a sudden they get pulled over by the military who drags them off. Oh, great. Um, and so basically, um, the gist of it is a meteor, uh, hits by this lighthouse. Um, and basically all around it is this shimmer that, um, people, uh, anybody who goes into it doesn't come out. And you don't come come out. out. And, right. and it's, uh, it's based on a series of books, which I've also heard are really, really good. Um, and, you know, I've, I've heard a couple people say they didn't like it. Um, and I've heard a bunch of people say they loved it. And yeah, I've heard, like, I've heard a lot of people say they loved it. And it's nice because it's brainy and... It is. And I love... And it, what I especially appreciated about it is that it's so open to interpretation on what happened or what is happening and, and what uh-huh. the ending means. And, and I love that. And I mean, that's one of the things I loved about Ex Machina is, um, there are a bunch of people who like read different things into, into it. it. Yeah. And, you know, um, I mean, there's a whole community that sees it as, you know, uh, Ex Machina, not Annihilation as, um, basically an attack on like, oh, look how fucked up women are. Mm hmm. And there's women like me who see it as... A woman getting her independence exactly. and realizing she doesn't have to put up with that crap anymore. Yeah. That's how I took it. Yes, and that's how I did, too. Um, in uh, the last oh, Oscar Isaac's a cutie. He is adorable. <laughs> um, in Jen's Jeff documentary corner, uh, I saw Check It, which is... Um, it is a documentary that is set in Washington, D.C., and it is um, all gay and trans youth. And basically, they hit a point where there was so much bullying, gay bashing, murder, um, that there's a bunch of the gay and trans youth formed, and a lot of them being um, uh, young men and women of color, mm-hmm. sure. um, formed their own gang as a form of self-preservation. Um, and then, uh, along the way, they, um, started getting some, some guidance, um, through some community people, uh, to start creating fashion 
and they actually hmm. participated in Fashion Week. Oh, cool. Um, with a bunch of their designs. So, that being said, um, I had, as soon as I, I read about this, I immediately sought it out and immediately bought it, and I kind of sat on it for a while. I remember I was going to watch it with you, but never. It we just, never it just happened. Never happened. Um, and, but it's, it is, it is a heartbreaking documentary, but it's kind of a messy documentary. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I remember there was three really well-known men that produced it. One was Steve Buscemi, one was Louis C.K., and the other one was another really well-known name. Damn it, Louis C.K. I know. That was, that was exactly what I said. I was, damn it, damn it. Um... But, you know, Steve Buscemi is close to my heart. But, um, I, you know, I mean, I liked it, uh, but I, I didn't, I didn't love it. Um, yeah. Things, speaking of things I did love, um, I saw The Lodgers, which I don't... I have not yet seen it. I'm going to show it for Horror Movie Friday. Um, okay, good. It is, it is just straight up a gothic. And I'd heard the complaints from some people that the the claim that it isn't doing anything it hasn't already been done and and that they wanted a little bit more from it here's here's what my take on that i love gothic movies being continue continuing to be made yeah absolutely i love the style i love a slower paced um supernatural horror that tells that gothic story and the acting was fantastic. The story was good. The visuals were fantastic. You know, if every couple of years I get a Crimson Peak or I get a Lodgers, right. yeah. I'm going to be a really happy woman. Um, uh, and kind of in that same gothic discussion um, for Horror Movie Friday, I showed The Skeleton Key. Um, a oh, yeah. Of weeks I ago. Yeah. And um, that's one that... Uh, it's a Southern Gothic, which is a you don't gothic see as much of. of. No, and it's just... Such a good story. It is. It's a good story, and it's sad, and it's it kind of goes along with the, some of the themes of Get Out. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yeah. Um, and the last one I'm going to mention, um, and I'm just going to make a quick point here, because I complained on my personal Facebook Uh-oh. that um, I am... I get really frustrated going to horror communities, and there just almost seems to be this bragging right of, well, you know, everybody's been singing the praises of such and such movie, but I don't, I don't even understand what the point is, and it was just terrible, and this is what was terrible about it, and this is why I didn't like it. I don't even understand what any of you are talking about. And it's this point of pride to be a jerk. To be a jerk and to put down things that other people love. Well, and and just to be, I don't know if it's to say you have better taste than other people or. I don't know. I think it's just to make people, I think a lot of times people do that in order to make themselves feel special because they don't like the things that that mainstream people like. And yeah, I I kind of went on a rant today about my opinions of what fandom is. And this applies to everything from horror movie fandom to furries. Fandom should be about people liking things together. Yes. And celebrating. That's, yeah. I get so... The, the, the most you know, frustrating it, part yeah. for me is that if you expended half as much energy celebrating the things that you love, 
you would be sharing so many things mm-hmm. with so many people who perhaps haven't gotten the chance. I mean, it's like yeah. we discussed before of, you know, instead of shaming that person for not having seen that classic or not having right. seen that Right, it's like when somebody movie. comes in to rent a movie and they're like, I've never seen a John Carpenter film, and I'm so happy for them because, because I'm like... Because they get to experience it for the yeah, first time. Yeah, I wish I had been in my 20s when I experienced the thing for the first time. I would have pooped my pants. And... <laughs> Probably not. Be, <laughs> be excited to share something wonderful with a potential new fan. Yeah. And excitedly share what you love instead of expending so much energy. Well, speaking divisively about things that you just decided you don't like. Right. Um, right now, one of the things that's really annoying me in fandom is the backlash against Ready Player One. It's a science fiction movie that's directed by Steven Spielberg, and it's full of 80s nostalgia. People are furious about it. My, and it's like, you know what? It's, it's kind it's, of a You movie. haven't seen it. Even if you've read the book, you haven't yeah. seen the movie. S- go see the movie, yeah. then talk I, about I what you don't like. Don't get that. It's just... I, I guess my issue was... It's... It's so heavily fanboy masculinized, and there's a bit of transphobia at the end of the book. And Did you read the book? Yeah. Okay, then you're allowed to say that. And it's just... You right, know, there's so, much, the... there's so much that is the ugly side of, of hyper-masculinized fandom that's just really hard to bear right now. That's and, true. And, and I'm not, but the thing is, on the other hand, I don't Steven think... Steven Spielberg knows what he's doing. He does. He does. And... I, I trust him to make me a movie that's not going to make me that angry. Yes. And, but, and here's, and here's my, my deal with that, is, is I understand the people who aren't gung-ho for it. Um, and my, my take on it is going to be that I'm, if I do see it, I'm very likely not going to see it in the theater. And it's a Spielberg movie, so that's not going to, like... No, that's not going to be your big selling point. It's, well, no, no, I don't think me not seeing it is going to hurt it too much. Because no. everybody will go see it because it's Steven Spielberg. Right. And there's enough of the nostalgia factor with everything else that people are going to go see it anyway. I don't feel like I have to talk everybody out of seeing... I guess that's my point. Is, 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 that is I, I, I had just... some issue with the book, but I'm also not going to go on rants on... The social media is that I yeah, and that's play what's in. making me mad is all the ranting and, and all on the people social media. Like, you know, if, yeah, it's like okay, so I'm going to talk about. On the, the other hand, um, I did speak out about people not giving money to Jeepers Creepers three. Well, that's a different thing. It is so, you know, it's like if I if that has nothing to do with the content of the movie exactly. So anyway, I, if you're saying don't go see Jeepers Creepers three, it's a dumb movie. That's different from saying, don't go see Jeepers Creepers 3. You're giving money to, to a pedophile. pedophile. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyhow. But um, so, but that's what I've seen recently. And that's my opinions on fandom and and, te- right. and tearing down the genre and the yeah. films and so other be fans. Be nice to each other. Enjoy the things you enjoy. And don't complain because other people enjoy things you don't enjoy. Just exactly. let them enjoy them. As long as they're legal and not hurting anybody. <laughs> yeah. Good good words to live by. Yes. So, okay. I love the idea 
of spooky movies for kids. And I was so excited on, on the ways that I was going to introduce my daughter Tecla into, you know, dipping her toes into the spooky world that I love. And then, and I'm going to put my pen down because it makes a clickety, 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 clickety noise. And All right. I make a lot of gestures. Um, and then I had a daughter who doesn't like anything spooky. <laughs> and so we have had to go very, very gently. Well, into spooky things. Here's the thing. I went to Disneyland for the first time when I was 14 years old. Okay. I was terrified and could not be dragged into the haunted mansion because it had the word haunted in it. Mm. <laughs> what I'm saying is that it is entirely possible, <laughs> and given that, her proclivities and friend group, that I could have a little rias. <laughs> yes, you could have a little rias. <laughs> I mean, I love horror now, but when I was a kid, like if I even saw like a commercial with a skeleton in it. I was terrified. Yeah. Now I'm like, I have skeletons all over my house. Exactly. It's... So, my very first thing that I showed her, um, and so here's here's what I did, is um, I would, I would once she started telling me what she did and didn't like, and right. that certain things, and there were, this is a little girl who, she wouldn't let them play How the Grinch Stole Christmas on tape. At her, because she, she would go up to the teacher and say, you have to stop this because this is too scary. Oh Yeah. Um, I, you know, I would watch things, you know, if there weren't things that I'd already seen. Mm -hmm. But then there were times where I would rewatch things that I had seen when I was younger, just to remind myself of the content. Because I saw um, uh, Return to Oz when it came out, when I was like 10. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking it was really... And then rewatched as an adult, and oh my god, it's scarring. <laughs> I love speaking, Return to Oz. Speaking, speaking of gateway horror, you know, maybe a little bit older. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, the first thing I showed her was Nightmare Before Christmas. Sure. And I put it on, <clears throat> and I think what I did, because she's like, I don't know, Mama, this looks very, it looks very scary. So one day when she was home, and this is what I did with a couple of things that I wanted to show her, but she kept kind of poo-pooing, mm -hmm. is I would put it on, and then she'd go, I don't think I want to watch this. And I'd look at her and say, well, I didn't put it on for you. I put this on for me to watch, and you're just hanging out here. If you want to go do something else, you certainly can. And then the movie progresses, the movie progresses, and she looked at me and said, Mama, this isn't spooky. This is beautiful. Yeah. And then watched the whole thing and loved it. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, the important thing is that she has the option mm -hmm. of not watching it. Yep. It's like, if it's too spooky for her and she wants to watch something, go somewhere yep. else, yeah, that's totally fine. It's not like you're sitting her down and putting her putting the eye clamps on. Yes. Because that's the other option. Yeah. It's the second option. I don't know. She's but pretty the first wiggly. One the eye clamps would be hard to get on her. <laughs> and it's because she's made of sticks and rubber bands. It's true. Um, and the next thing that we um, enjoyed was the new uh, Scooby-Doo, which now I am so embarrassed because it's not just called Scooby-Doo. It's uh, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated? Yes. Which, I don't know Scooby-Doo. <laughs> which, yeah, typically I would be able to just shoot that out there, but not tonight, apparently. That's fine. It's the absence one. Mm. Um, and the thing that was wonderful about the new Scooby-Doo... Um, because the thing is, is, you know, I watched Scooby-Doo as a kid because yeah, we me too. had no cable 
and even though it wasn't truly my favorite, it was it was all the TV personalities that I yeah. knew, and um, right. it, it was fun, and you know, yeah. Uh, but the thing is that was fantastic about the new um, Scooby Doo Mystery Inc. is that there were so many references for us. Mm-hmm. It, oh yeah, it, it was it was so Muppet Show esque in that. This is for the kids and for the adults yeah. who are watching it with the kids. Yeah. That was just wonderful. All of the Lovecraftian references and mm-hmm. it was just fantastic. So what were your thoughts on, on really good, like really youthful intros well, to horror? The first thing is when you say horror movies for children, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what you mean by children. I'm ancient, remember. <laughs> I'm an ancient crone. Anyone under 20 is a child to me. Well, I was going with probably 14, 12, 13 and under. Yes. Yes. And I have different levels of right. of, of spooky for, for different ages. Right, right. So, I didn't divide mine up that way. Well, I mean, I kind of did. <laughs> Let's pretend I have more organization in my notes than I do, because okay. I kind of don't. I just have a list of names. <laughs> so what do you have? Um, The... F- Mine are not in any particular order. Certainly. One of the things on my list is Ray Harryhausen movies from the 50s. See, that your was Jim's. Your Sinbad movies. Those are more adventure films than mm-hmm. horror films. But I remember the first time I saw them when I was a little kid, and it changed my life. Um, our school, our town didn't have a movie theater. We would have a free movie every Sunday in the school gymnasium that was open to the public. They would bring in a 16 millimeter film and they were projected on a screen and we would sit in the bleachers, me and my mom, and watch them. And a lot of the time, it was not great. But one day, the one I most distinctly remember was Seventh Voyage of Sinbad. I am so embarrassed to say that I've never seen any of these films. They're, they're, they're super fun. Okay. They're adventure movies. They're, they're swords and sorcery adventure movies for the most part, or space monster movies. They're, some are black and white, some are in color. Because um, this was the first, one of the very first recommendations that Jim made. When, yeah, well, when I, I was own like... all of them, so. <laughs> but yeah, um, Seventh Voyage of Sinbad is my favorite. He did a movie called Valley of Guanji, which is so the movie for a 1950s boy. It's a bunch of cowboys who wander into a hidden valley that is full of dinosaurs and they capture a Tyrannosaurus Rex and they bring it back so that they can display it in the rodeo and it gets loose and wreaks havoc and knocks over buildings and it's wonderful. That sounds wonderful. It is wonderful and it's <laughs> it's got this air of 1950s innocence about it that's just so charming and such a nice antidote to the cynicism we get in the world today. Yes. So I really like his movies a lot. Um, so that's the first thing on my list. I'm going to interject really briefly because I realized the one thing I didn't mention, because I haven't watched that many movies, mm-hmm. but I've watched a ton of television, and I'm just going to throw I've them out I've got a there. whole list of television down at the bottom of the page. Well, I, this isn't necessarily so much for, for kids. Um, but the, the three things that I have watched in the last three weeks since we've recorded, mm-hmm. um, we watched the entirety of Jessica Jones season two, um, which pretty much Jessica Jones is everything that Scar 
young Jennifer as <laughs> as a child up till now. I've never watched. I haven't even watched season one. It's hard. I fell asleep during the last two episodes and never bothered to watch them. Oh yeah. I, I made it as much as I could, but yeah, <laughs> eventually I'll get back to it. The other thing I watched is on Hulu. I watched The Runaways. Um, All people have said that's good. And the reason why I bring it up is um, one of the girls has a um, a dinosaur that her parents have like <laughs> genetically linked to her uh, to protect her. And so she literally has a dinosaur at home, um, which... <laughs> I thought of because of yeah. that. And the other one that we've watched is uh, the first season of The Gifted, um, which is another Marvel. So uh, those are the... You guys are nerds. Nerds, nerds, nerds. <laughs> <laughs> so those are the... So even though I haven't watched much m- movies, we've been watching TV. Oh, and um, actually with Tekla, we watched all of uh, The Last Airbender and Legends of Korra. And those are amazing. They are I have so... not seen them yet. They're so fantastic. I know. And I am I know. such I am such a just I'm such a fangirl at this point because I love them so much. I well, that's great. Oh my gosh. I just And eventually I will watch them. They are absolutely things I want to they watch. They just make I'm me just, so happy. Yeah, I just There's I have so, so little, little time. There's so little time and so much media. Right. So. Well, I work until ten at night. Yeah. Before I go to work I can't use the television because I have a friend who works from home. I have a boyfriend who works, works from, from home, home and his job involves the television. Yeah. So yeah, my my viewing time is much limited. Yeah. But yeah, I do have those as things I want to see. So I think with the um the older movies that I think work well for younger kids because they're they're not as violent. Right. Um so a lot of the I mean some of the universal I would sure, say the Abbott and Costello movies. Yes, those are great for little kids. Yeah. There's Frankenstein, the Wolfman, the Brooklyn Gorilla. Yes, and then um, also uh, just the Creature from the Black Lagoon. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, I don't know if so. There's a channel we have here in Seattle called MeTV, which is Memory Television or something. I'm not entirely sure. But one of the awesome things they do is they carry the Svengooly show. Oh. And Svengooly is exactly what you want him to be. He's yep. a horror movie host who makes a lot of terrible dad jokes. <laughs> People throw rubber chickens at him while he makes dad jokes. Gilbert Godfrey is on his show a lot for some reason. So, And he shows the movies and then makes fun of them. And it's perfect for kids. Because I just put um, a digital TV antenna in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Because... I don't think they show me TV on, it's not on regular, no, it's only local. It's on, I don't know, I might, I pick it, I have it on cable. Oh, okay. I have cable, huh, and it maybe picks I'll it find up, out. and I have I like literally 300 do of them piled up on oh my, my TV, because I got a season <laughs> pass, but I never, I seldom watch it. Oh. But it's a great background thing to have on, because it's dumb and silly. Because I and, only uh, discovered that MeTV, like I, we... Yeah, because we don't have anything. All I had was the Roku in the in the bedroom, yeah. and I'm like, and and Jim mentioned that he had a digital antenna, so we just threw it in the bedroom because we don't have a yeah. Cable I mean, there's a lot there. of crappy commercials in them. Yeah, because it's daytime. It's like so, me TV. But honestly, the way that he makes fun of the movies makes them so much more fun than scary. No, it's awesome. Like even if it's a movie that would normally be scary. So Which when, they seldom are. Yeah. When when you were a kid, did you have a horror host? 
we only had two TV channels. Yeah. So and no, there was no horror. Oh. <laughs> See, um when so when Fox started in like 86, 87. Um I <laughs> we didn't have cable. Um we couldn't get cable on my room. Mm-hmm. So I had a black and white TV in my room that I'm sure I got at like a garage sale. Yeah. I actually got better reception on that little black and white television and Fargo, like Fargo Moorhead, mm-hmm. had a horror host and his name was Mad Frank. And oh, nice. Yeah, so it's like... I, so, yeah. Like, yeah. I never was... had that growing up. Yeah. Um, if I went to my sister's house, which was like 40 miles from our house, they would get a channel from L.A. that had creature features on it. That's wonderful. But I only got to see that like three times in my whole life. Well, that's another thing that I think is 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 good, is a lot of those 1950s creature features, things like mm-hmm. them... Um, yeah, they're fun and they're not too scary. And if you have a horror movie host making fun of them, it makes them better. incredibly palatable and silly. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Sven Gulli. He's he's a weirdo, and I like him. <laughs> um, I am going to I'm gonna because because I have a, a kid. Well, I think I liked I like. No, you're kids. more qualified for this. You have a kid. <laughs> I have a dog. She'll watch anything. anything. Um, there are a bunch of spooky family fair movies that have sure. come out in the yeah. last 15, 20 years. Right, like uh, Paranorman is amazing. Paranorman is absolutely amazing. Um, Kubo and the Three Strings is more of an adventure film, but it has some horror elements Moments. and it's gorgeous. Um, Monster House is absolutely, I loved Monster House. Yeah, Coraline. Coraline, which we had anything watched. By, anything by Laika. Yes. Coraline is pretty intense. intense. You might want to wait We've a year or so. We've, wait, give We've her a waited. little time. It's that um, that spooky mom. Yeah, a bit it's much. too much. Um, and actually, it's only really recently. Um, and it was funny because uh, right before we started recording, we asked Tekla like what she had, and she's like, "The Goonies mm-hmm. um, was her recommendation." She loved the Goonies. Goonies. Yeah. And then also, um, I've only recently shown her Labyrinth and uh, Dark Crystal. Right. Um, which are both pretty scary. Yeah. When you're, when you're Have younger. you seen Monster Squad? It's a lot like the Goonies, and it's so, so dumb. I was the right age jokes. when Monster Squad yeah. came out, and I loved it. And it's actually, I'm waiting until this next Halloween to show it to Tekla, because yeah. I think she's the perfect age to, to think all of the gross humor is the best thing she's ever yep. seen. I was about her age when I saw Blazing Saddles for the first time. And it was hysterical. And it is the funniest <laughs> movie in the world when you're like, well, she's at nine. Yeah. I was probably like 11 or 12 when I saw it. And yeah. it was the funniest movie in uh, the world. The movie and that my I mom and I quoted it for the rest of my life. Yeah. And that was uh, the movie where I developed my crush on Gene Wilder. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> wonderful. And it's got some, and it does have adult content and mm-hmm. jokes in it. And some stuff you and might have to explain them and like some And some stuff. you just don't because they just go right over their heads. Yeah, because it's really funny to watch a guy punch out a buffalo. <laughs> so I've got that. I've got Gremlins. Again, so, for an older kid. Yes, very much so. Because I am one of the weird people that I don't like Gremlins. I think Gremlins is too mean. It is kind of mean. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of people who find humor in that kind of, if, it, if it's entertainment and it's meant to be funny, um, I'm just, I'm nice. <laughs> like, right. I just, I've got, I just um, go, oh, it's too mean. The Witches with Angelica Houston. Oh, that's so wonderful. So good, but so scary. Scary. That's a little scary for me. Oh. 
It is a when little she pulls scary. her face, face off. off. Yeah, yeah, that's. Oh. I really like it. Um, but again, you want to you want to wait till your kids like got two yeah. numbers in their age before you oh, watch it. Not a two quite. number age kid. <laughs> um, in that uh, same vein, uh, both of the Adams family movies are a bit spooky, but not so much horror. But I also, um, long before I showed Tekla the Adams family movies, um, I showed her uh, the Adams family TV show. Which um, isn't so much horror, but more... It's sort of a documentary, really. <laughs> this is our family, honey. <laughs> well, what I love about the Adams Family, for I mean, for me as a kid, as well as for other kids, is that they're such a loving, supportive family. They're the, the healthiest family I think I've ever seen on television. They're healthy, they care about each other, and they're weirdos, but that doesn't make them unlovable or unloving. Yeah. And that makes me so, I, I just love that. I love that they have that feel. And I never got that. I always felt like the Munsters were trying too hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was never a fan of the Munsters. It was nah, just messing my it was, bag. It was trying too hard. Yep. Um, from my youth, um, a kind of horror light is I loved Escape to Witch Mountain. Oh, um, I have the Witch Mountain movies. Yep. And they remade a new, they made one with The Rock in it that's pretty good, too. Well, Like a newer we'll, one. I have not even seen that, so maybe I will have I think to it's race, race to or from Witch Mountain. But, yeah, it's fun. Well, she loved the first movie. And we both yeah, were kind I liked of like, it too. Eh, the second one's kind of like, eh. <laughs> um, Oh, uh, we watched the Goosebumps movie with Jack Black. Oh, I have that was... on my list, but I didn't watch it. It's I had really it on my TV sweet. show list. It's really sweet. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of horror movies, um, and... What, what was the one that we were discussing where, where it deals with grief? Mm-hmm. Uh, that we were discussing. Oh, Coco? Where... Not a uh, horror movie, but it has a lot of skeletons in it. Yes. But I felt like I loved Coco because it dealt so much with grief and memory, mm-hmm. but it was still fun and sweet. Uh, did you also see Book of the Dead, which is, um, I think, Guillermo I have not Toro. seen it yet. Um, he produced it. Uh, and no, Book of Life. It. Book of Life. Yes. yes. I've seen he bits of it, it, but I really it's don't really... like the character designs. I don't like oh, the square like the... edges so much. Oh, they're all they're boxy. Because they're being told a story and they're all the wooden puppets. I know. I didn't I, like the character bad, design. Okay. <laughs> but I, I will... We really I... loved it. We have not... I bought Coco, but we haven't watched it yet because they're crying. So much oh, crying. there's going to be a lot of crying. Yeah. yeah. Or as, but as oh my God, likes. it's so good. I don't know if I've ever shared this story with you. Yeah, you the, did. The drooling the story. Drooling. Mom's Mark, drooling, drooling on me. me. I'm not. <laughs> um, a show that I absolutely adore that I, I lovingly refer to as Twin Peaks for Children is Gravity Falls. I have that right here on my list. I Gravity Falls is wonderful. It Here's what I like about it. I like that when I originally stopped watch, started watching it, I didn't know it was a story arc show. Mm-hmm. And I was just enjoying every episode. But I love that it basically tells the story of one summer in the life of these kids. Yeah. And, it, and it's an important summer. And it's, it's an important summer. And it's episodic. Yeah. And it's it's beautiful. And also some weird, scary things and jokes for adults. And yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's just wonderful for everybody. And I, it's about families and how yeah. sometimes they let you down. And it's, yeah, there's that and there's... Come on, Disney box set. Come oh, on, God! It's not available on DVD or anything, no. and it needs to be a box set. It does. It does. Um, yeah, um, I love that. I meant to mention this with um, the witches, but Hocus Pocus. Um, 
We our our opinions on Hocus Pocus differ. Oh, you don't like it. Oh, I hate it more than anything. Aww. <laughs> but as we discussed earlier, I'm not here to complain about other people liking Aww. things. I'm saying that it's not for me. I saw it um, long after the fact, and um, I saw it for the first time two years ago. Yeah, I wasn't. It was. It's not for me. I, but I watched it with Tekla, and it's just one of those things that we watch every every Halloween. Um, uh, Frankenweenie. I just have Tim Burton written <laughs> here because I'm like that. Timbers. There's a lot of Tim Burton yeah. that's appropriate for kids. You, just, you got your Frankenweenie, your Corpse Bride, your uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. The Beetlejuice cartoon. The Beetlejuice cartoon. Yeah, Tim Burton is, well, he worked at Disney for a while. Yes, he did. And he's, when he's child-friendly, he's a delight. Yes. When he's not child-friendly, he's more of a delight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Beetlejuice is great. Highly recommend that. Um, um, a favorite from that time, um, approximately in the mid-80s, that um, I was just the perfect age for when it came out, was Little Shop of Horrors. The, the musical edition with right. with Mer- Moranis. Yeah. The non-musical edition's pretty fun, too. It but, is, too. But, yeah. Little Shop of Horrors, the musical, is great. It's fun. It's not too scary. Mm-hmm. The monster is a big, goofy rubber plant. Yes. Yeah, I like that a lot. Um, have you ever seen My Boyfriend's Back? always a zombie yeah it's a goofy comedy about this girl whose boyfriend this guy totally loves her and her boyfriend turns into a zombie and he's got to kind of destroy the zombie to get her back and it, it, it's super sweet so in that it's same, goofy in it's that same vein, definitely for teenagers young yes. teens and in that same vein for young teens is my best friend's a vampire oh yeah that one's fun too i love that movie <laughs> You should. <laughs> um, oh, um, for very youthful, but kind of getting kids into the love of of spooky monsters is Monsters, Inc. Okay, so one day I was at Disneyland and we were doing the Death March. Okay, Disney Death March is a thing where we realized we had enough miles that we could fly to Disneyland. We could We had an annual pass so we could get in for free. And we could fly, and if we didn't get a hotel room, we could fly back that night, and it would cost us nothing to spend a day at Disneyland. So we got up at 6 a.m., and we began what we like to call the Disney Death March. We took a photo every hour, and those photos are hilarious. And by the time we got... I'm, like, looking at you agape. This is amazing. By the time we got to the end of the night, I saw um, the big blue monster. Is that Sully? Sully. I saw Sully. And I was so tired and Disneyed out that I burst into tears immediately and ran over and insisted that he hug me. <laughs> oh, which is I Disneyland, felt, and they will. I felt bad for the guy in the costume. He's like, "What is happening? Why is this goth woman attacking me? Why?" I'm very tired. This is hard. <laughs> it was super fun. Um, and when we got home that night, the, the photos of us going into the park were smiling, and the photos of us, like, leaving the park Our were, like, and sad. we are, like, refugees. <laughs> we must escape. <laughs> because that was also a day that Monty decided to do a scavenger hunt, where you had to go all over the park and California Adventure to participate in this online scavenger hunt, where you would then win a prize. 
And so not only were we in Disneyland, but we had an agenda and we had to be places. It was super fun. It was was exhausting. And it was like, oh, and we, it was right at Halloween time. So we got to see the, the Nightmare Before Christmas Halloween overlay. Oh, it was at Christmas time. Because we got to see the oh, uh, It's a Small really... World Christmas overlay. And it was super fun. I've but it was so exhausting. My first time of going to Disneyland um, was during the Halloween season, which I'm mm-hmm. so thankful. I'm really, oh, yeah. really thankful. Because their the... Halloween decorations is I love beautiful. that they have the Halloween tree there. And they have a little Ray Bradbury plaque. It's so sweet. Yeah. I'm really excited about seeing it in, in like, I would love to go during Christmas too, but yeah. uh, we're all doing like a big family trip uh, this May. We are. So for, it'll I be my be second. I will be on that trip. My second one. Um, kind of returning to um, the Universal Horror Monsters, um, uh, Hotel Transylvania. Which it is an Adam Sandler voiced, um, but it, it oh yeah it, that is actually super it cute. Is Those super, movies are super cute, sweet. and there's like two of them, and yep. there's going to be a third, a third one, one coming, coming out. out. Yeah, they're fun, and they are so much fun. And it's just yeah. that intro to knowing who all the Universal monsters are, mm-hmm. and presenting them in this really sweet, beautiful way. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. Um, I've got back in the day, the Wonderful World of Disney would occasionally do horror stuff, horror mm-hmm. type stuff. They did a production of the Canterville Ghost, which is an Oscar Wilde story about a ghost. And it is, there's a bunch of different productions of it. It's just called the Canterville Ghost. Disney did it. There's been a bunch of them. And it is charming and fun and sweet and always worth watching. I've got Ghostbusters on here. I have Ghostbusters and the new and the old because they're both wonderful. Yeah, they're both fun. And... Again, kids can handle that. It's scary in the beginning in the first haunting place. Yeah. Um, I'm very much in favor of children not of children getting to watch movies that aren't specifically marketed to children. Children. Oh, well, speaking of uh, movies but not uh, in horror, it's uh, it's been so hard to introduce Tekla to things because everything everything scares her. And that's just so subtly starting to change. Um, yeah. And I think she had seen enough imagery because we were actually watching before you got here tonight. Uh, she wanted to watch uh, Wonder Woman. No, Wonder Woman's awesome. It yeah. is. It is awesome. Yeah. But, but it's, it's yeah, she's getting to that age now. And the thing is, it's like, I remember when I was a kid, like 90% of what I watched wasn't anything that was aimed towards me in any way. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, everything is so nerfed for children nowadays that it's, 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 Right, it's like nothing has any hard edges on it, and yeah, and I'm... you're never gonna, <laughs> you're never gonna learn anything unless you trip over a coffee table every once in a while. Bang your head into it, yes. So yeah, no, it's it's really nice getting to that to where we get to push things a yeah. little bit, yeah, for her. Um, my boyfriend's um, back. <laughs> another thing I have on my list: uh, Miyazaki films. Spirited Away is so good. I actually saw that in the theater. Howl's Moving Castle. Um, they're whimsical the, and sweet. Everything I've seen, I and, like. Yeah. But they're just so goddamn expensive. I mean, I know I could go to, like, buy them. Oh. All the Miyazaki films are so expensive. No? Well, our, it depends on what you're buying them on. Yeah. I mean, 
they just were Disney just lost the rights to them. They're all just came out on re-releases on Blu-ray and DVD last week, and they're like twelve bucks. Oh, well then I'm going to go buy some. It's well, you should anytime... talk to me offline about that. <laughs> it's just anytime you're any, owning anything or trying to purchase anything that's currently managed by Disney, right? The price tag is just astronomical. Disney apparently <gasps> let. You ruined our podcast for children. <laughs> she said the F word. Everything is ruined now. Oh, wait, no. We can still be a PG film because I just said one. Well, don't say any more. I don't know. <laughs> have you met me? <laughs> I have met you. Um, yeah, so the Miyazaki films are definitely children's films. They are cloyingly charming yeah like they're just so beautiful the animation is hand-drawn the stories are wonderful and life-affirming and and also just uh, a lot of strong female characters presented. oh yeah and he loves strong yep. yeah he does a lot of stuff with strong female characters um spirited away is probably my favorite um, it's about a girl who's driving across country with her family and they stop at an abandoned theme park and her parents get turned into pigs and she has to kind of go into the spirit world and deal with all these weird creatures in order to try and get her parents back Aww. and it's it, it's great she ends up working at a bathhouse between the worlds where all of the river gods and stuff go to be and it's highly recommended um also ponyo which is kind of Miyazaki's version of The Little Mermaid. It's mm -hmm. about a little goldfish princess, and oh. uh, it's also great. So yeah, I cannot stress enough how wonderful Miyazaki films are for kids. And they do have some horror elements and some weirdness elements, but they're not in any way hardcore. Yep. You fall in love with them. Um, do you have anything else that... Kind of for little, little kids. Because <laughs> you're like, hell of a... Oh! You're like, I don't know. What do kids watch? <laughs> exactly. When so the only little, little kid thing that I can remember my friend Cameron, who I raised until yes. he was three, watching, was um, Yellow Submarine. Every day. Oh. Every day we watched Yellow Submarine. Sometimes two or three times a day. Oh, he loved the Yellow Submarine. Ours, ours was the point. Oh, the point, yeah. Over and over and over again. With the singing mamas. Uh -huh. With the, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the, little, the little dancing fat ladies. Those yeah. were, she called them the singing, the singing mamas. Thanks, honey. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. <laughs> that's so sweet. Um, I was just going to say, in... In youth, um, I was going to mention uh, Casper, because um, the... Oh, yeah, with uh, Christina Ricci. Ricci was yeah. very, very sweet. And it's also about a family relationship, which is adorable. But kind of what I want to go to is going up more towards that tween, going uh, from that, you know, 10, 11, up to like 13, where you can start getting a little scarier. Yeah. Um, but stuff that's not so big that it's too much. Um Things like The Frighteners. See, I do not feel like The Frighteners is at all appropriate for that age. Oh, really? The Frighteners has a lot of humor in it, but it's got so much stuff about serial killers. Aww. I'm trying to break the record of this guy and that. 
And that—that's yeah, but... a bit much. I, I love the frighteners. <laughs> I just I'm, I I know in my head I'm thinking back to me mm-hmm. as a twelve year old. No, I, I agree because I I thought whether or not to put it on my list. I put it on my list. Okay. I crossed it off my list. <laughs> um, there's a movie called The Gate. Yes, The Gate is perfect. I love The love Gate. <laughs> um, the Gate is super fun. The Lost Boys. Oh yes. Um. Uh, Sleepy Hollow, speaking of Tim Burton. Yeah. I would go a little bit older because uh, the Hessian yeah. is really scary. That guy's pretty scary. But yeah, for like 13 or 14 year olds, yeah. those um, guys will watch anything. They're messed <laughs> up. Uh, Silver Bullet. Oh yeah. Good little, a good solid little werewolf movie. One, one that I worry about is that only kind of verges on horror is Lady in White. Because it is so much a coming of age story story but it's also the story of a kid getting locked in a library with a ghost or in a broom closet and abused and yeah there's a lot of abuse issues with it i I think it's it's... okay if you're like a 13 or 14 year old yeah then yeah that's not gonna be i know we're talking about 13 14 year olds and the stuff that i was watching when i was 13 or 14 i know i was like oh (laughs) i wasn't going in the haunted mansion i didn't get into that till oh my god i was like 13 when I first saw uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> I didn't have any. I didn't have nobody. Yeah. Nobody paid any attention to anything I was watching. No. And I got into horror really young. I was, yeah. probably, I was probably 11 when I watched The Omen. <laughs> and when I started, like, well, really when Nightmare getting... Before Elm Street first came out, I was at a movie theater watching some kids' movie. And I accidentally, after I went to the bathroom, looked in the wrong theater, and it was just at the scene where the bed is, like, spewing out Johnny Depp in pieces. Oh, yeah. I didn't sleep for a week. Aww. Because I had glanced in a door of a theater. And saw blood spurting towards the ceiling. And saw blood spurting out of a bed. Um, I was seriously... But once the hormones kicked in, I was totally fine with murders <laughs> of every variety. <laughs> um, arachnophobia is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun, but I can't. Oh, do you not like spiders either? No, no. Well, I, I mean, I've, I've watched, I've seen Arachnophobia a bunch of times, mm-hmm. and I don't. It's not for me. Okay. It is a good movie. It's super yeah. fun, and if your children are not arachnophobes, you can totally watch it with them. Um. Also, uh, Poltergeist. Poltergeist it's is rated really... PG, but it is super scary. It is super scary. Also, so, Jaws. Jaws. Rated PG. Super uh, scary. The Birds. Starting, you know, we're really kind of headed towards yeah. Tremors. The Tremors movies are so fun. Aren't they just the There's best. like one that's like Tremors 6 or something that I just saw by accident <laughs> the other day. It's set in the Old West. You are kidding me. It is the best. It is so dumb uh, and fun. Um, doing less that is like 80s nostalgia, Final Girls. It's PG. Um, it is a little scary. Yes, for, you know... More towards 13. Yeah, I don't know about that. I would not <laughs> go with that. It's got some themes. But, yeah. again, I have no children. I have no idea what I'm talking about. Uh, young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein and old Frankenstein. Yes. Um, uh, there's a ton of comedy vampire movies. What We Do in the Shadows. Yes. Um, uh... I've got I'm Roger Corman's older stuff. There's a movie called The Undertaker and His Pals. 
which is Vincent Price and Peter Lorre just lurking around trying to murder people. Very funny. Uh, the Raven, <laughs> the Roger Corman one, as silly, silly, goofy, made-for-drive-in movies horror. Um, I really like a lot of the older movies. Mm-hmm. Um, one which I'm not even sure I qualify as horror, but is just so beautiful, is Something Wicked This Way Comes. Yeah. Which, Ray Bradbury, so good. Yeah. Uh, Watcher in the Woods. Never seen it. It's, it's a movie. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I hear. I hear, yeah, it's, I hear it's, it's a it's, it's a movie of the cinema. It is. <laughs> um, going towards some of those older horror things like the Bad Seed and like mm. the early Blob. The nineteen fifty. The Blob, the Bad Seed, them we already talked yeah. about. Uh, the Incredible Shrinking Man. Yeah, so X the Man with X ray eyes. I can see through time. time. And at the end of The Incredible Shrinking Man, I'm still here. Yeah. Both with scripts by Richard Matheson, I think. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's kind of... Oh, the one thing I do want to mention is being a child of the 80s, there were so many amazing cartoon horror specials. Uh, the The Halloween specials. They had, you know, you have... You have Charlie never, Brown, you have the Garfield, you have Ichabod. See, I and, never got into those. I always, oh, I was Jim. never a normal kid in that I couldn't really, I never really liked those. They yeah. were too childish for me. Um, Ichabod and Mr. Toad and yeah, a lot of the like little shorts and. There's a really good version of um, the Ichabod Crane movie that stars Jeff Goldblum as Ichabod Crane. Oh my goodness! Uh, it's so good. It's yeah. I don't remember which one it is, but I've seen well, it. Well, like I'm a telling bunch of times you, I'm going to find it. I know you're going <laughs> to find it. Um, you know, there's there's a lot. Um, I think that the other thing that we're going to probably uh, cover fairly soon is um, horror movies for people who are kind of scared of horror. And, and don't like things that are too bloody or too... Right. Um, doing... Uh, things that are creepy, not necessarily jump scares or gore. Yeah. So that's a, a theme that we might uh, sure. jump into in a couple of episodes. Are we going to do an episode of just movies with a lot of gore? I, I wouldn't prefer it. <laughs> because I don't like... I don't <laughs> well, like Well, I don't like just movies, and yet here I am. <laughs> We certainly could. I would happily like nod and and say yes, Rias. That, that sounds like a no. Great I don't. I, I, I don't want to do that podcast either. I'm like, uh, I, I've so, seen too many of those movies, and I want to erase them more from yeah. my memory. So what I do want to say is, you know, there is a lot of options out there for parents and kids that you know have that spooky bent. And, and and delight in finding those stories that give them a bit of a scare. Yeah. There are a lot of options out there. If you are a parent who loves spooky stories and have um, a child who's just a little more easily frightened, there are things that you can watch with them that yeah. you'll get to, you know, you'll get to enjoy it and the children will be able to sleep. And so, you know, there are a lot of options out there. So, um, you know, and to be honest, 
<laughs> there's enough room for all of us. And I have a bunch of friends that, you know, if they see anything that really scares them, they will have nightmares for weeks. There is nothing that you need to go through to have to deal with that. Like, if horror is not your bag, well, number one, you're not listening to this Yeah, podcast. why are you on listening to us? If Unless you're, you're, your you're just one of my friends and you feel like supporting me, which, thank you. <laughs> or you really like Rise, too, and want to support her on her many, many podcasts. Support me. Support me. <laughs> so, anyway, um, for those looking to... Uh, Dip your toes into some little fun, um, spooky light, yeah. spooky movies for kids. Um, here you go. Anyhow, well, we'll speak to you. Um, oh, and uh, again, I want to apologize for uh, the one week delay on on uh, the recording of the new episode. We both ended up in urgent care on the same day. Exactly. We had simultaneous pictures of us on, on nebulizers. In, on nebulizers. <laughs> Um, we couldn't breathe together. We were both really wheezy, and, and we actually did get together because we were so tired, and we just needed to watch the Enfield Poltergeist, or Haunting, yeah. with each other. <laughs> we just laid on the couch and watched it and tried to breathe. It was, yeah. um, it was charming. And, and the problem when, uh, when my asthma gets that bad, I lose my voice. So I would have, I, you know, there would have been like... You know what we didn't mention? Ten minutes of talking, and, <laughs> and then... Uh, something we didn't mention for teenagers. Oh, yes. For young teenagers. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Because we're morons. And, well, you know about that already. You, everybody who doesn't know, who doesn't about, know about that. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, see you guys in two weeks. Bye. Don't Read the Latin can be found at don'treadthelatin.com. On Twitter at DRTL Podcast. On Tumblr or at Facebook.com slash Don't Read the Latin. Please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends and fiends about us. We're dying to meet them. <laughs>